The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. How to eat better, get healthy, and help animals. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. Oprah Winfrey is quoted as saying back when she was a young TV personality, the future is so bright, it hurts my eyes. Well, we know how that turned out. And given the incredible developments that are happening now and those on the brink of happening, developments that can end so much animal and human suffering and that can buy our precious planet the time it needs to right itself, I just have to chime in with Oprah. The future is so bright, it hurts my eyes. Hi, everybody. I'm Victoria Moran, and you are listening to the Main Street Vegan Program. Thank you for being here. You can learn more about all that goes on at Main Street Vegan on our website, MainStreetVegan.net. Thanks for stopping by. Now, today's guests coincidentally share a name that wasn't planned, and both are dynamic women trained as attorneys who have put their considerable energy and smarts toward changing the future of food. So after the break, we will be speaking with Alexis Fox, uh, the founder of Lighter. And right now, we are going to be chatting with someone I have known for a while and admired for as long as that is, and she is Olivia Fox Caban, co-founder of Kind Earth Tech, former director of innovative leadership at Stanford StartX. She's the author of the best-selling book, The Charisma Myth. Olivia is known in the food world for her industry landscapes, mapping out food tech's most innovative companies. Welcome, Olivia. Hi, Victoria. It is so much fun to be speaking with you here. I've known you a long time and we haven't talked lately, but you are just tearing up the food world. I see you everywhere online. Your articles are all over the place. Can you just describe for us in a sentence or two what it is that you do? I, I will, but first let me apologize. One of my youngest chickens is on my shoulder um, because that's where she thinks she belongs. So if you hear a chicken, that's why. Yep, that. that. Be- <laughs> we understand on this show. 
so um, we we're, we exactly said that also. We're in a really in a miraculous period of time with regards to food, and let me just give you one example. Did you know that right now we're growing protein in car exhaust? No, I did not know that until I read uh, what you sent me. So we're going to talk about that later because who knows? We're in a period of absolute miracles, and it's one of the reasons why. Um, I essentially fired all my clients two years ago, um, quit any official jobs I had to devote myself entirely to the future of food because we're at a turning point right now. We are indeed. So how did your interest shift from, I know you've you've been very successful and as an executive coach, a motivational speaker, you you wrote the charisma myth, which was absolutely fabulous, is absolutely fabulous for people in business, people branding themselves and getting out in the world. And now you are here in food. What (laughs) happened? Um, early 2018, I had decided that I would uh, take a year off and work exclusively for animals. Um, actually, tell you what, I'm going to see if I can convince this little one on my shoulder to come on, little one. So my desk, uh, some people, normal humans, I guess, have a dog door into their office. I have a chicken door. There you go, love. Um, and so the uh, the kids regularly want to come in and say hi. Uh, one's off my shoulder, so hopefully it'll be quieter. So I had decided to take a a year off to work for the Humane League, uh, Mercy for Animals, etc. And a dear friend helped me realize that however much effort I put into those organizations, which are wonderful organizations, the only way we're going to get large-scale change in factory farming is by making factory farming obsolete and irrelevant. And so that's what I've been working on ever since. And doing it admirably. So let's just jump into some of this future of food. I think that most of us, most people listening, we know there are plant-based meats. We know that people are talking about the so-called lab-grown meats. But some of these other things you're talking about sound like they're from science fiction. So fill us in on just what is out there and what's possible. So the uh, lab-grown, whether you call it lab-grown, cultured, or clean meat, uh, we are going to be soon forbidden from using clean meats, by the way, because the National Cattlemen's Association is, is very upset about us using clean meat, since it then points out that theirs is indeed dirty meat. Um, but the cultured slash lab-grown meat is incredibly advanced. We already have, as of today, lab-grown foie gras, uh, lab-grown and 3D-printed steak, minute steak, um, lab-grown chicken. Uh, we have j- when I say we, by the way, it's not me. It's the, the wonderful company in here. Uh, whitefish and I believe duck fat and bacon. Amazing. So, does this mean you, when you say we have it, do you mean it is available for purchase, or it has been created and it's known that it can be scaled? It, it's it's unfortunately the latter. And the reason it's not yet available for purchase is, of course, regulation. And that's also the reason why, in all likelihood, the first place that these meats will be available is in Asia. Fascinating. Okay, so we've got the cultured meat. So while we're on cultured meat, because I know that there are some vegans, and many of my listeners are already vegans. We also have the veg curious. We welcome everybody. 
and yet I'm sure there are people listening to this who have heard that that the lab-grown meats, we'll call it clean meat as long as we can, are not really humane. They harm animals. Uh, they can't be grown without a bovine serum from a young calf. Has anything changed on that front? Quite a bit, actually, yes. So in terms of does it harm an animal? Well, it, it harms an animal as much as a biopsy would harm you. Um, when theoretically speaking, all you need is, is one cell uh, to grow into an infinity, you really don't need to harm the animal all that much. Um, and in terms of uh, bovine fetal serum, finally, I'm not going to say it's commercially available or that it's, but we have alternatives. Uh, we also, by the way, have Geltor, which is a fabulous startup. Uh, we now have lab-grown gelatin. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. I remember coming into this back in the day when, you know, agar, agar yeah. <laughs> was about all you could hope for on that front. So in addition to what we think of as the cultured meats, what you talked about car exhaust protein. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, bring me back to earth on that one. Well, I can very easily with landfills. Um, so We've got some brilliant companies. The, the U.S. one that I'm most impressed by is called Kiverdi, uh, led by the ridiculously brilliant CEO, Lisa Dyson. And they can, I, I'll give you the image and then I'll, I'll explain as best as I can the science. They can make landfills disappear and they can transform those landfills into um, proteins, amino acids, uh, oils, flavorings, feed, fertilizer, polymers, petroleum, all that from, they can make anything out of anything, really. So theoretically, this could be the end of the consumption economy and the beginning of a completely closed loop, entirely circular economy. And what's the timing? I don't know. I wish I could tell you it's tomorrow. Uh, yeah. I can tell you is that uh, one in uh, the UK, one in uh, Finland, and a few in the US, uh, companies are working on these uh, quote-unquote air proteins, by which we mean that uh, they can grow protein. The proteins feed off the car exhaust or other gases. Amazing. So what about algae protein? We're already, you know, I, I talked to uh, or will be talking about when I do my little ad for, for Complement, the uh, supplement that helps to sponsor our program. You know, we already know you can get your fully formed DHA, EPA, omega-3 fatty acids from algae, but you're saying we can actually get edible protein from that. Not just edible, but far more bioavailable. The uh, protein in spirulina is is far, far more bioavailable than the protein in even the most red-blooded steak. Um, Dr. Peter Ralph and his colleagues at uh, the uh, UTS, the University, uh, UT Sydney, uh, the T probably stands for technology. Uh, they've been working on a kind of algae flat cultivation, think of salt flat lakes, that what it needs is big empty deserts, lots of sun, no rain. Hello, Africa. Hello, the Middle East. Hello, obviously, Australia. Theoretically, it could potentially, uh, in the future, one could conceive end world hunger. This is perfect for 
large amounts of cultivation of protein and endlessly renewable resource, talk about algae puts things like bamboo to shame, um, and higher bioavailability than any of the conventionally farmed sources of protein we have today. Incredible. So I know that, that you don't have a date, but are you hopeful? Are you hopeful that this 10, 12 years that the scientists are saying we have before climate change is beyond the pale? Are we going to make it? As the daughter of a scientist, I, uh, I, I can't give you a straight answer. And the only answer I can really give you is, well, it depends. Um, if enough of us shift to a plant-based, doesn't even have to be vegan, just mainly plant-based, or as it's called, flexitarian diet, yes, we can. Um, I personally use my husband as a uh, tester for all the plant-based meats since he is a sweet Nebraska farm boy who grew up on, well, meat and nothing else. And the latest developments, Beyond Meat, uh, Rebellious Foods, Impossible 2.0, they are so close to meat that not only is he willing to eat them, I can't eat them. They taste like meat. So there's great hope. Whether we'll do it in time, I don't know. Well, we're doing it and you're doing it. So talk to me a little bit, Olivia, because you have come out of the, the corporate and, and the executive world, helping people be more powerful and, and effective in, in their corporate and entrepreneurial roles. How does somebody get into this, this work that you're doing? It seems so enticing. 10 seconds. It took exactly 10 seconds of my seeing a Mercy for Animals video of chick maceration. And my first, so I was seeing a video of baby boy chicks being ground up alive, fully conscious. My first reaction was, there's no way that this is real. This, this would be unthinkable. This has got to be a joke and a joke in very poor taste. And then I went on Wikipedia and learned about chick culling. And uh, that was enough to show me that the rest of my life had better be devoted to helping those who literally do not have rights. There are humans whose rights are horribly infringed. And then there are the living beings who literally have no rights. And those are the ones I want to fight for. That is beautiful. So for everybody listening who, who's vegan, I mean, we met one another, what, about 18 years ago. And I believe at that time, you knew that I was vegan, mm -hmm. but I didn't convert you. So what could I have done back then? You did convert me to vegetarianism. Okay. That's before I realized that uh, even being a vegetarian was, was a great step in the right direction. And I'm very glad I took it. Um, and reduced my cruelty footprint dramatically, but not nearly enough. Um, so you very much did change my life considerably for anyone who doesn't know who Victoria is. Well, Victoria bloody well saved my life actually 20 years ago when I was trying to handle way too many situations inside my head and, and absolutely not um, uh, successfully at it. I was uh, trying to get three master's degrees in law plus handle family, it was just too much. Um, and interestingly enough, I found that having a single goal helped tremendously. Knowing that the one and only goal of my life is to achieve the greatest reduction in suffering for the greatest number of living beings, that makes everything else so simple. So I don't know if, if that's the answer you're looking for, but I guess 
that's what my life is today. Uh-huh. Um, on a mini urban farm, my kids have wings, and um, and I have fired my clients. Life is great. I love this. This is just, it's so wonderful to talk to you after some time of not speaking and and just really beyond all these wonderful articles that I've seen online that you have written in this space, just to hear the the passion and the compassion is is just thrilling. I have to tell you something I remember about you because you are so smart. You got your law degree when you were, I don't know, a toddler. And I remember you're telling me that so that you would be taken seriously out there in the professional world and being as young as you were, you you darkened the area inside your eyes because it made you look older. So I immediately started lightening the area inside. (laughs) <laughs> between my eyes so and I often think of you when I'm putting the concealer on yeah this this comes from Olivia so bless your heart so what can individuals do other than then sit back and watch all this happen can we make it happen faster you can um first of all my my heartfelt thanks and, and incredible admiration to all the unsung heroes who do the undercover investigations for the Humane League, Mercy for Animals, et cetera, et cetera, um, because they're the ones who are converting people um, to a more plant-based diet. And that gives me the arguments I need when I go in to meet the CEOs of big food companies. And I can show them, look at the increase in demand. Now, the UK has been extraordinary in that respect, uh, but the US is moving fast and God bless demographics. Uh, Millennials are, are a great argument for us, but Gen Z is leaving millennials behind. So A, um, just by choosing a more plant-based diet, you're helping immensely. B, if you have children, allow them to choose a plant-based diet. More and more of them are doing so. Kids are going vegan so young now because they tell their parents, I don't eat corpses. And what do you answer to that? Because that is literally what you're doing when you eat a dead animal. Um, so by uh, by choosing plant-based foods, by letting your kids choose plant-based foods, you're giving us all the ammunition we need to then go convince the big bads, the Tysons, the McDonald's, the et cetera, et cetera, that now's the time to change. It makes perfect sense. Now, what about purists? Um, When the um, Beyond Sausage Sandwich came to Dunkin' Donuts uh, in Manhattan on the very first day, I was out walking my dog. I passed the Dunkin' Donuts. It had never had this big plant-based Beyond Meat sign before. So I went in, got my husband the sausage sandwich without the egg, of course, without the cheese, of course. And I posted that on Instagram. And I was so afraid that somebody was going to say, but that's encouraging people to eat eggs and cheese. I'll tell you what I think after, but I want to hear what you think first. I'll actually answer a different way, I think. Um, In Germany, the first, I'm not going to say cruelty-free, but the first non-chick-culling eggs have come to market. Yes, that's going to be a game changer because you can bet that any company selling eggs that are not from culled chicks or that didn't involve chick calling are going to promote the hell out of the, the are going to promote that a lot. And so for the vast majority of humankind who isn't aware of this practice, all of a sudden it's going to burst on them. So I believe that 
um, Western countries in particular who are going to start having this advertising are going to wake up to the fact of chick culling in a big way. So that's that's one way to look at um, at that, and that's why I'm thrilled that these companies are indeed selling eggs because we depend on their marketing to wake up as many people as possible. With regards to the it's encouraging people to eat eggs and cheese, I wish we could convert everyone to doing this for the right reasons. We won't, period, end of story. That's not how humans work. So we need to present as wide a variety of arguments as possible. Health is one, um, religion, spirituality is another, ethics certainly is. Um, climate change is the biggest weapon in our arsenal right now. But the fact of the matter is, we're not going to turn people vegan. We won't turn all of humanity vegan. So we have to go get people where they are. And that's my feeling exactly. I also think everything we do, you know, when I went into the Dunkin' Donuts and said, this is so great. I'm so excited that you have this. Now, I don't want the egg and I only want the cheese if it's vegan. And I certainly remember a time when one would have said that and the guy behind the counter would have said, what? <laughs> and he said, I'm sorry, we don't have vegan cheese. And I said, well, when you do, then I'll get it with cheese today. We just want the sausage. So I think we're just educating as we go along. And, and like you, I wish that it were all perfect already. But so much is happening. Now, Olivia, I want to ask you to educate me on something I have never understood in any context, and that is 3D printing. Ooh, so and exciting. you're talking about that in terms of food. Help me get my mind around it. Brilliant. So this is something that, as of, with so many others, Isaac Asimov really painted the picture uh, 70 years ago already. It's now reality. So let me give you this image in maybe as little as a decade. In the morning, you and your husband will come down to the kitchen to the family food printer. Uh, you will scan your digit, probably your index, and the food printer will immediately begin printing a piping hot, absolutely delicious, perfect meal that you have just ordered, but not just tailored to your tastes, but also with the perfect medication titration if you need it, all the DHEAs, uh, omega-3, 6, 12, and gazillion, uh, you would never have to take a pill again. And because the, it's of course plant-based, um, but also because it can be tailored however the scientists want to tailor it, it could taste like anything you want. Let me put it this way. It could taste like chicken and have the benefits of wheatgrass. Now, I would actually possibly prefer that it tastes like wheatgrass and have the benefits of wheatgrass. But what I mean is that this is the way forward for the vast majority of humanity. Wow. this It's absolutely dazzling. Now, I'm just going to ask you a devil's advocate question. As someone who just loves natural foods and the idea of natural foods and even growing sprouts in my kitchen because I'm in a high rise in Manhattan, where do we juxtapose nature with all of this innovation? If I could, if if uh, Thanos from the Avengers were real and had indeed uh, cut down Earth's population by half, no problem. We can all eat natural. 
Um, unfortunately or fortunately, that's not the case. We're going to hit 9 billion people pretty soon. Natural agricultural systems cannot support that amount of people, period. Even if we solve the uh, produce waste issue in the US, and you know what, we're making tremendous strides towards that, we do not have the systems to support 9 billion people with traditional agricultural methods. We have to change. And the most um, compassionate and the most environmentally responsible way of doing so is to switch to either a lab-grown or plant-based, it's eventually going to be a combination of both diet. Um, and for those who are the early adopters, it'll be individual uh, family food printers. My, my guess is that give it another couple of decades and there'll be communal food printers because we'll probably be living in, uh, in more big communal buildings. That's the way humanity is going. Well, you have such a sense of, of future forward. It's so, so cool. So bringing us back to right now today and your life, for those of us who don't live with chickens, what are they like? <laughs> well, they're my kids. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm mildly, let me get one of them down. For, come here, my darling. Yeah, sorry. Say All right, there we go. So my, my eldest, Fern, who's in my arms right now, um, chickens are brilliant. They can remember up to 100 faces. They navigate using the position of the sun. They can surf, sail, ski, swim. They can play music. If you have not yet gone onto the internet and seen the Flock Stars, which are currently the most popular chicken music group on the internet, go. Now, seeing chickens play music was, to me, not a huge surprise because B.F. Skinner, this is, this is how behaviorism works. But did you know that the flock stars, three of them, were caught on video camera improvising together on the piano? They were jamming together on a piano. That's chickens for you. So that's the start. Then we can talk about how sweet their voices are, the different ways you can communicate with your chickens. Um, I actually have a chicken name, which I do terribly. But when I come into uh, the girls' run, if I hear do 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 uh, that essentially means Olivia has just arrived. Apparently, I'm the alpha of the flock. Uh, they are the best pets you can imagine. House chickens are fabulous. I better stop because I can talk about chickens for many, many hours. They're amazing. They're wonderful. They're spectacular. They're brilliant. They're adorable. They love cuddles. Uh, just one last vignette. So in the morning, my job, and the reason Fern, who is sitting on my keyboard right now, is more than a little upset uh, my job is to come out into the run in the correct fluffy bathrobe. 15 the seconds. Oh, sorry. The girls will tug at the bathrobe. I'll sit down. They'll jump up for cuddles. If it's the wrong bathrobe, they will complain. Love it. What a beautiful tale. And what a beautiful person you are. Olivia Fox. You can find her at kindearth.tech. Bless you for all you do. And everybody else, uh, stay with me. We're going to be back with Alexis Fox right after this. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio. The Voice of an Awakening World. 
Unity Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you enjoy our programming, we invite you to support it by visiting unityonlineradio.org and clicking on Donate Now. Help us continue to provide inspiring content to everyone. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Teachable Moment with Rev. Ogan Holder, taken from a talk at Unity on the River in Amesbury, Massachusetts. Vulnerability is very uncomfortable, but as we know from so many teachings by so many people and from our own experience, the only way we will ever experience true connection is to be vulnerable, to be open, and to say, but what we say to ourselves, but when we're vulnerable, we risk being hurt. Well, you only risk being hurt Again, if you don't get a full understanding of how love works, nothing and no one can hurt you. Nothing and no one is against you. And everything that happens in your life, as I always say, and I will always say, so if I keep saying it and you keep hearing it and you get tired of me hearing it, I apologize, but everything happens in our life as an opportunity for us to show up as God. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. Congratulations to Unity Books for winning honors as Best Small Press from the Nautilus Book Awards. Two books published by Unity are also winners of the prestigious Nautilus. Stations of the Cosmic Christ by Matthew Fox won a gold medal. And Andrew Harvey's book, Turn Me to Gold, won silver. The Nautilus Award celebrates books supporting spiritual growth and positive social change. Find these award-winning books at unity.org shop or on Amazon in print or ebooks. Sometimes you might feel so alone with your problems, you don't know where to turn. We invite you to call Silent Unity, the 24-7 prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour. Listen and relax as you hear their beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. Call today, 816-969-2000. Discover how to connect with our loved ones on the other side with Suzanne Giesman and Messages of Hope. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. Central as Suzanne shares evidence that love never dies. An evidential medium, spiritual teacher, and author, Suzanne brings hope and healing through her gift of communication with those who have passed. Suzanne brings messages of hope and love that go straight to the heart. Tune in this Thursday right here on Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. Welcome back, everybody. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Compliment and Compliment Plus from alpineorganics.co, made for vegans by fellow vegans. You know them, Dr. Joel Kahn, 
Matt Frazier, the meat-free athlete, Complement is a convenient spray uh, providing vitamin B12, D3, and DHA and EPA fatty acids that we could be short on. And Complement Plus is uh, vegan capsules that you swallow, and that includes not only B12, D3, E. EPA and DHA, but also iodine, zinc, selenium, and vitamin K2. So check these out at alpineorganics.co. And if you put Main Street Vegan in caps in the discount box, you are going to save yourself some money. It is now my pleasure to introduce to you someone that I have admired from afar for quite a while, and she is Alexis Fox. Now, why would I admire her? Well, here's why. Because she has dedicated her entire adult life to fixing our broken food system. She has spent 20 years in the public and private sector working on the future of food. She's been featured in Forbes and the Boston Globe and all over the place. She's a recognized international expert and speaker, and her company, Lighter, has just launched the first software that enables healthcare providers to easily prescribe food as medicine. And she joins us today from Boston, Massachusetts. Welcome, Alexis. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. Thank you for being here. And thank you for making everything that you do so elegant. The the lighter (laughs) site, I mean, from the day you launched it, and I know you've done so much with it since, but it's always been so professional, so beautiful, and so artistic. And I know we're trying to save the world here. And so, you know, artistic kind of isn't on the top realm (laughs) and yet when you can do all of the above it is so wonderful so i'll let our listeners who aren't familiar with your work know who you are and uh, how you became the founder of lighter nutrition wonderful yeah i'm i'm first of all thank you so much for saying that it's elegant um and artistic that's a wonderful thing to say about a piece of software um and Um, Yeah, I'm happy to jump into how we got started, if that's a good place to start for your listeners. Great place. Um, Yeah, so I've cared about uh, food as an issue for um, 20 years now. Um, It started as an environmental, I was an environmental studies major. I started to learn about CAFOs and the environmental impact of intensive animal agriculture on uh, local waterways and human communities. Um, and then it slowly dawned on me that um, the reason these communities were suffering so much was because often of animal waste that was coming from inside these large factory farms. And that led me to recognize that there were animals in those buildings. Um, and when I changed the way I ate to respond to this newfound knowledge, I ended up losing close to 45 pounds. So very quickly in my early life, I was deeply connected to all three of the reasons um, someone might be moving towards a more plant-based diet. So the environmental reasons, the animal reasons, and then of course the human health reasons. So that's where I got my start. Um, 
I've always been obsessed with this question of how do we help people eat better? How do we help people um, move towards a diet that is um, richer in fruits and vegetables? Um, and I thought I was going to uh, do that work as an attorney at first. So I um, had been a debater in high school. I was an improv comedian in college. Um, and so I, I thought law would be a good way for me to kind of take my skill set and try and change the world. But I quickly learned that there weren't really laws that would do what um, I wanted to see uh, change about the world. So I felt a little like a superhero without superpowers because when you go to court, you need laws to back you up. But if the law hasn't gotten that far, um, there's not much that you can do. Um, so then I went to public policy. I started to work um, on passing legislation. Um, and that is where I really discovered um, this intersection between entrepreneurship, venture capital, and mission. There was a movement within our movement of people who started to look towards the private sector for answers, as opposed to what we had historically done as um, advocates, which is go to the legislatures, go to the courts, or take it to the streets. Um, and I was a part of this wave of both investors and entrepreneurs who wanted to look towards business to find solutions. Um, so that's where, that's how later you know, we, I came to start thinking I should start a company. Um, and I'm sure many of your listeners have had a similar thought. It's a, it's a wonderful way to make change in the world. Same with being a, an advocate of any kind, but um, I, I've really loved my journey into business. Um, and at the time that I was thinking about going into business, I was lucky enough to meet my co-founder. Her name is Micah Risk. Uh, she is an absolute superwoman. She is one of the most badass women I've ever met in my entire life. She's been on the cover of Runner's World twice. She's a graduate of Tufts Friedman School for Nutrition Science. She is um, uh, very much, she's a mom and, and is very much at the time that we met looking for ways that she could take her nutrition degree and make a big impact on the world. She didn't want to just help individual people in a one-on-one -on -one setting, although we both agree that that's wonderful. Um, we both wanted to see how could we make such a, 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 an impact at a global scale. And that's why we came together and that's why we co-founded LIDER. Ah, so tell us what LIDER does. What, what is its mission sure. and function? Sure, so at, at the highest level, um, we're leveraging the power of software to answer the question, what should I eat on a very personal level? So oftentimes the, the problem that we saw um, that needed to be addressed was that we are a part of, as, as you are as well, um, a network of very inspiring heroes who are often very influential. They are writing New York Times bestsellers. They're making incredible documentaries. They are world-class athletes with the, um, you know, with eyes on them all over all over our planet, um, and they're using their platforms to inspire and motivate people to eat a more plant-based diet. Um, but the problem that they would run into 
is um, after they had written their book, after they had made their documentary, after they had um, uh, won, won their race, um, people would say, okay, so what you've convinced me I should eat um, a more plenty said, but what should I eat? And the responsible answer to that question really depends. It depends on if you're trying to train for a marathon or if you're trying to lose 100 pounds. It matters to whether you have picky eaters in your household. You know, you've got two kids and one hates broccoli and the other is allergic to peanuts. Or whether you are um, single and, and you microwave your dinners when you get home from work at 930. Um, and so we were able to develop technology that takes the overarching nutrition philosophy of a partner and then personalizes it for each individual that he or she's inspired. And then we also work in grocery delivery. So we have to make it extra convenient. We were one of the first companies to get a partnership with Amazon, one of the first to get a partnership with Instacart and also Peapod so that um, you can read a book or watch a documentary and a couple be inspired and a couple hours later have a personalized nutrition program ready for you and a bag of groceries delivered to your door that um, meets the recommendations of the person who inspired you. So that's our first product. It launched in um, 2017. Our second is uh, what I'm really excited to talk about today um, because it's brand new, um, and that is Lighter Pro. This is a software um, that came from, that we built at the request of healthcare providers who are reading the evidence that shows we can not only prevent, but reverse chronic disease through diet. Right now, there are about 40% of Americans have some kind of a chronic disease, um, whether that's heart disease, diabetes, cancer, obesity, et cetera. And for many of us, that statistic is not just a statistic. That statistic represents very unwelcomed visits to the hospital. It represents funerals. Whenever I give a talk and talk about chronic disease, I ask the audience to raise their hand and say, you know, does anyone in this audience know someone with a chronic disease? And everybody's hand always goes up. Well, we now have this evidence that shows we can prevent and reverse chronic disease through diet. And I know you've had wonderful guests on the show that have gone into depth on that. The problem that our health system is now facing is not so much that they need convincing that food can be medicine, that food has the power to prevent and reverse chronic disease. What they need now is a tool that can actually help take their nutrition recommendations and customize it for the patients um, who, are, who have just been told the news. Um, we did a survey of healthcare providers uh, who are all very motivated to uh, get their patients to change the way they're eating for their health. And we asked them, what tools and resources do you currently use to um, inspire your patients um, or to help your patients make that transition? And these are the four top results of this, of this research that we did. Number one, these healthcare providers refer their patients to books or documentaries. Number two, they um, download information from the internet and they hand it to the patient. 
Number three, they make their own handouts and hand those to patients. Or number four, they refer their patients to recipe sites or cookbooks. None of these resources are necessarily personalized for the individual patient. It doesn't necessarily take into consideration comorbidity that might exist. Um, and it doesn't live with the patient. There isn't long-term support for the patient as they evolve on their journey. And so what we have built is a tool that enables a healthcare provider to understand a patient's disease state, choose a nutrition template that or program that works best for them, and then have that personalized for each individual so that we can take into consideration things like what they, what kinds of foods they like to eat, what um, kitchen equipment they have at home, uh, who else they're cooking for in their family. Um, we can take in, we can give them grocery delivery and give them other kinds of support and then allow them to track what they're eating and send that information back to their provider. And this is a real um, innovation for food as medicine. It's the first of its kind, and we couldn't be more excited to have just brought it out into the world. Oh, that is exciting. Congratulations. I'm so happy to be here Thank at you. the outset. So a question about the physicians who are working with you. Are these only plant-based physicians or, or are some of the other 95% on board as well? Yeah, no, the evidence for uh, food as medicine goes beyond just the plant-based community. There, I, I Obviously, um, there is an abundance of evidence that shows a whole food plant-based diet um, is extraordinarily powerful. Um, but mainstream medicine is starting to get on board. And, and that's one of the things that we're really excited about. We um, have a partnership with Mass General Hospital, which is uh, one of the most prestigious hospital systems in the world. They're the teaching hospital for um, Harvard uh, medical school. We have a partnership with AARP, which works with all kinds of um, allied health professionals and um, payers, et cetera. Um, they, they are both really interested in, in this. Um, we have already handed the software over to healthcare providers at places like UPenn, Loma Linda, Kaiser Permanente, um, Midland Health, El Camino, places where um, that Certainly, there is an interest in plant-based nutrition, um, but we see a real opportunity to bring plant-based nutrition into the mainstream healthcare um, because it is such it is so powerful. Mm. And That's just getting patients to increase their fruit and veggie consumption, which of course means reducing other things, um, it can also have some some wonderful health benefits. I love the fact that these physicians are going to have this immediately at their disposal. I think for years, we've all criticized, oh, if you take a nutrition course, you get all of this information from the Dairy Council and, and, and other places that we don't want to get our information from. But, you know, that's just what's there. And now that you're making exactly. something else available, that is so, so exciting. So the website, everybody, is lighternutrition.com. Lighter, like let's look at life in a lighter, <laughs> lighter fashion. Uh, and we'll it's, see the uh, light. 
Exactly. Uh, Lighter Nutrition uh, on Facebook and Instagram. So I know that um, you are about to become a mom or become a mom again. Become a mom for the first time. Ooh, congratulations. Thank you so much. I've got less than five weeks to go. Oh, my goodness. Well, congratulations in advance on that. So, you know, one of the places where we still get criticized and raised eyebrows is being pregnant on a fully Mm plant-based diet and raising children on a fully plant-based diet. Mm -hmm. So being in that position right now, what have you learned? (laughs) What do you know? What do you tell people? Um, So since I am not a healthcare provider, I, I can't really speak I won't speak to kind of the nutrition, but from my own personal experience, um, I have a lot of friends who have been plant-based throughout their pregnancies, and they've been able to um, have thriving, beautiful, wonderful babies. Um, I have had an ideal pregnancy, I think. I mean, all my blood work is perfect. My uh, healthcare providers are totally on board and supportive and um my weight gain is right in right in the normal range of where it should be. Um, so, in terms of my experience with this pregnancy and being um, fully plant based, I I haven't had any issues, and in fact, I think it's um, very much an asset. Um, I'm I wouldn't know how to do it any other way anyway, <laughs> um, and I wouldn't do it any other way anyway. But I, it's it's to me uh, a healthful way to eat um, pregnant. And then in terms of children, you know, um, I have that my mom, when uh, I I love this, she kept a journal for me um, of of every day when I was a newborn. And there's a or and and as I grew up, um, there's a really funny entry where it says, fed Alexis veal for the first time. And then right underneath it, it said, Alexis couldn't sleep all night. <laughs> oh. um, and, you know, um, and I, I, I really think children have a natural love and affinity for animals. Um, and it, I, a, from a health perspective, again, I have so many friends with very healthy vegan children. Um, but also, uh, from my own perspective, both from a health perspective, but also from kind of a compassion perspective, I um, think it's important that we teach our children about the impact that they're going to have on the world, that we teach them proper nutrition, and that we um, allow their natural love for animals and their, their natural compassion for living beings to be preserved, and we don't make necessarily decisions for them to eat uh, things that maybe later will make it hard for them to sleep at night. So, um, I, you know, I think I, I'm looking forward to that journey. I'm actually on the board of um, Balance, which is a nonprofit that was founded by um, Dr. Michael Greger. And we're um, currently working on um, setting the foundation for passing healthy school lunch legislation in Massachusetts. Um, I, I told my state senator we've got six years to get this passed. <laughs> um, I, I called him right after my first trimester. So um, <laughs> I, I see it as a very important um, part of the next chapter of my life is to make sure 
um, this kid knows how to eat healthy and um, knows that her actions have an impact on the world and that she, can, just like all of us, um, will have the capacity to be a change maker and a force for good in the world. Um, and I think her diet will be one of the ways in which I, I am able to teach her some of those lessons. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, my daughter is all grown up, uh, works as a stunt performer and an aerialist. <laughs> she is. Yeah, I uh, love it. She's putting together a show. It's so much fun. She and her husband are both cast in the same show. So they bought an RV so that they can drive the show with their two dogs because mm -hmm. that's what you do. And she will be wearing for much of this show a 100-pound dinosaur puppet suit. And she's 110 pounds. And, and the casting director said, we, we need, you know, somebody who's, who's small and, and slight. And everybody we have tried couldn't carry the puppet. And I'm thinking, wow. vegan, lifelong vegan. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's fun. So, Alexis, other than looking forward to being a mom, what's coming? What, what are you excited about for the next year or two or five? Yeah, I mean, I think what we're, I, what I'm most excited about today is um, getting Later Pro into the hands of healthcare providers who care about helping uh, their patients prevent and reverse chronic disease, who care about um, making the process easy for for their patients and for the people that they touch and um, really working side by side with our heroes in healthcare to take all of the research that they've done, all of the important work that we've, uh, that has gotten us to this place where I think there is a mainstream acceptance that food is medicine and to now um, work to implement that and bring uh, food as medicine into mainstream healthcare uh, throughout the United States and then hopefully the world. Wonderful. So you talked about customizing this to each patient, to each consumer. What about the physicians? I know even some of our plant-based doctors, you know, some say nuts are good, some don't. Some are very strict about no oil. Others say, you know, Mediterranean has a lot going for it. How are you able to navigate those differences? Yeah, that, that ability to customize on the provider then exists in the software um, it's our belief that um, we we really wanted to create, you know, that the healthcare providers that we work with are doing the research. They're working with a variety of different patient popula populations, and they need to meet those patients, you know, where they are on their journey. Um, and they need to do what they think is right for their patients, and there is diversity in those ideas. Our goal was not necessarily to dictate that to the healthcare providers, but instead to give them a scalable, easy to use tool that could help them implement their nutrition philosophy or their nutrition programs for their patients. Um, if they don't have one in particular, then of course we have one for them, but we've also um, are making it so that the healthcare provider can set it themselves. That was very important to us because we, I, I do not think there's a, a one size fit all solution to this problem. I think that um, having healthcare providers uh, try a variety of ways, and that, that's both a nutrition plan, but also 
um, doing group visits versus having a teaching kitchen versus one-on-one -on -one counseling versus um, just trying to get uh, this information into the hands that of, of every, you know, um, pre-diabetic person that walks in their door. There's, um, there's a, a real diversity in the way that healthcare providers practice, be it health coaches, cardiologists, um, uh, dietitians, um, physicians, et cetera. And um, we wanted to build something that could work for all of them. And it sounds like you've done that. I'm just having this fantasy. We can all expect you go to the doctor, they're going to put you on the scale, they're going to take your blood pressure. And just to think that in a short time, maybe it will be just as common to see, oh, and they're going to give me this wonderful customized help with food choices. That's yep. so exciting. That's, that's the goal. That's the goal is for everyone to walk out of their doctor's office with a plan in hand that helps them move towards um, a way of eating that can heal their bodies um, and prevent disease. That is, is lovely. Perfect. I am so happy that you came up with this. So bless your heart and your baby, Alexis Fox, <laughs> of Lighter Nutrition, lighternutrition.com. Everybody else, thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Unity Online Radio for being there for Main Street Vegan since June of 2012. That's a while, right? And to everyone, be kind, be happy, be blessed, be vegan. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Liz Winter, and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.